In honor of Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, we're teaming up with Lexus to host Creative Visionaries, a series of four episodes featuring leaders and creators in the community who inspire us. We kick off the series with singer and songwriter AJ Raphael, who will discuss his music and how he finds meaning through art. everyone. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us. His name is AJ Raphael. AJ, singer-songwriter from Moreno Valley, California, with over 1 million subscribers on YouTube and 600,000 followers on TikTok. AJ was recognized as a Filipino-American game changer by the city of Los Angeles in 2017. His debut album, Red Roses, charted on Billboard and at number four on the pop iTunes charts. AJ continues to make music and upload videos as he did when he first started back in 2006. He is also active in the theater world, performing and music directing in theaters around the United States, such as East West Players and American Repertory Theater. AJ started a podcast with his fiance, Alyssa, called Sweet or Savory, where they debate topics like, is peanut butter sweet or savory? And can you be friends with your ex? Now out on all platforms. AJ, welcome to the show. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me, Maggie, Brian. Appreciate y'all. Of course. AJ, you're such a legend. I think I personally have been following you for a very long time now, right? And I think I mentioned to you last time, last time we met in person, which is like early pandemic, that I'm like, whoa, I can't believe I'm talking to you right now because it's absolutely (laughs) honor, right? And now we have you in the podcast. And AJ, Uh I want to give our audience a quick intro and who you are, where'd you grow up at, and what was your upbringing like? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, it's an honor to be part of this. I love what y'all started on Facebook, the Asian Hustle Network. Appreciate all the connections that y'all have made in, in your time as well in the community. But yeah, so I, you know, I started off as a young lad. I'm five years old. I remember playing piano and my dad was my first teacher and I played a lot of classical music. I loved playing Disney music. Unfortunately, when I was 10, my dad, who was a choir composer, choir conductor, composer, he passed away. And I was almost kind of like, I felt like I had to take over his legacy. And this is me as a 10 year old little kid. I played piano for his funeral. My mom took over him being a choir director and I became the pianist. So we essentially took over his one job became two. Me and my mom were like partnership. We were playing at the churches that he had left behind. And I also had two sisters who both, one was only six months old when my dad died. And then the other was, we're a year and a half apart. And we were like best friends growing up. And every one of us loved music, you know. So fast forward a little bit. I'm 14 years old and my auntie, who is my dad's sister, gifts me a guitar and I write my first song. And the song is called How's San Diego Polly." which is a song I wrote for someone that I met online, which back then was very weird. I met her on a website, you know, similar to like an Asian Avenue or a Friendster, you know, nowadays it's very common, but I wrote this about her. We met up in real life, you know, and that song became a quote unquote hit on my MySpace page. And it was before MySpace music even existed. So I had to upload it myself with a real player, HTML code, JavaScript or whatever it was. And I remember it kind of catching fire throughout my high school. I had a show in my backyard. People were singing along to the lyrics. It was crazy, you know? So that's kind of like the beginning of music from my heavy influence from my family, a lot of choir music, things like that, leading up to me writing my own music, which was 
pop inspired, rock inspired, but also has like a musical theater, like Disney feel as well sometimes. Then I discovered YouTube in 2006. Since then, I've just been kind of like still going. It kind of feels like a never ending hustle, you know? Yeah. I mean, your dad must be so proud of you right right now and what you have achieved. Thanks, man. Oh, you have achieved so much. And yes, you've been so consistent on YouTube for so long now, right? And I don't know, I just have this distinct memory of running into you in like 2014 or something at like a bar in like Fullerton. And no like my entire group of friends went crazy. They're like, oh my God, it's AJ. I was like, who's AJ? <laughs> I look into him some more. I mean, I, I, mean, I know, I know your, your music and your sound at that moment, yeah. but I'm just like, oh man, meeting you in person at that moment. It's cool. And being you seven years later, I'm like, dang, this is You awesome. know what's cool, Brian, is that I still get that same reaction today from like, you know, a similar moment to you and your boys in the bar. I just had that at Dave and Buster's like a couple weeks ago with some dudes and they bought me a drink and they were so hyped. You know, they're like, I've been listening to you since middle school and stuff. So the impact really has been meaningful for me to see tangibly when I see friends get excited, when I meet the people at boba shops or whatever, or even the cashier at a place who hooks me up with a free meal because my music meant something to them. I love it. I love it. And again, if I run into you again, drinks are on me. You got it? Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah that was me imposing for a free drink. I'm just kidding. <laughs> kidding. So AJ, I know that you got most of your inspiration when you were 10 and 14. Nowadays, what inspires you to continue moving forward and creating music? Because for us and a lot of people who are in the creative space, it is a lot of work. Right. It's a lot of mental preparation. It's a lot of a lot of skills you have to upgrade, a lot of things you have to be aware of. But like, how do you find your inspiration nowadays? I'm inspired a lot by the thoughts of having a future family, you know, wanting to build, you know, a house together with my fiance, like things like that have been inspiring me as of late. I never really thought about those things five, six years ago. You know, I just wanted to keep going in the moment. And I have to give credit to my fiance, Alyssa, of course, for she's a very like, you know, organized planner type person. I'm a very in the moment type person, spontaneous, you know, and the fact that she thinks about the future a lot has me thinking about the future a lot and how to, you know, make moves that bring a positive future for us. And and that includes maybe having kids down the line and things like that. So recently that has been inspiring me. Of course, my music, uh, my album Red Roses, the music after that and things like that, we're all inspired by like real life events, things happening now, being heartbroken, being in love and, and writing those things down. Of course, as an artist, I always want to keep that fresh as well in my mind. But now it's it's about things that are bigger than me. You know, it's about like my dog who's sleeping here on this bed, you know, like things like that, which is which is really cool. And and seeing my friends as well grow up, having families, that stuff really inspires me. And and specifically if we're bringing it back to music, like my peers like Jeremy Passion and Gabe Bondock, they, you know, fellow Filipino American songwriters who came up on YouTube the same way I did. They have families and they are, you know, thriving. It's it's really cool to see. That's so amazing. I mean, just when you're talking about Alyssa and family and everything like that, I can just see your eyes glistening and just watching your videos, it can it, it can definitely show us that you're such a family-oriented person and that matters so much. And I just love seeing your content when it involves, you know, your family and Alyssa, you know, both of you guys are just so family oriented. 
tell us how you met Alyssa and you know, congratulations to Alyssa for getting on 30 Under 30. That's such an amazing accomplishment. We've been seeing a lot of content from the both of you. And I know on TikTok, you guys did an impromptu duet where you guys had sang the Milan song Reflection and that got extremely viral. Yeah, it's so. like a 10 million views. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of want to know as well, like, when did you guys start deciding like, oh, look, let's just do these duets and see how it goes. Like, how did that conversation even start? And when did you guys decide to start singing together? Yeah. Okay. So I'll take it back. I mean, we met at an audition for Disneyland. She was already working at the parks as Mulan for a show called Mickey and the Magical Map. And we had just sparked a conversation and she said she was familiar. We meet at this audition and we just become online friends after that because I actually found a tweet that she had posted saying that, oh, I was at an audition with Aja Raphael. And I so I have my saved searches on my Twitter that my name, you know, see if anyone's talking shit, but mostly, you know, to also, you know, give love to, to whoever is talking about me without adding me. And <laughs> luckily, you know, luckily future me would be happy that that happened because years later we end up connecting online again through Facebook. Cause she invited me to her college graduation party and I showed up like I just came <laughs> literally like, and I, I came with my friend Billy and, and her mom answers the door and her mom is so confused. She's like, Oh my God, AJ, AJ Raphael is here. <laughs> like literally that's, her. and now it's funny because I live, I live here in this house, but we end up just kind of talking and, and we end up, I guess, falling in love, you know, a couple months later after that. And that was a, a really important time in my life because I was also just coming off of a YouTube slash show hiatus that I took for mental health reasons and and, and a lot of personal reasons. And I took a break from the scene. So it was really cool to meet her during that time. Well, to re-meet her after briefly connecting, you know, years prior to that. Anyway, fast forward, she's an amazing singer. And I always encourage her to sing more whenever she can. She is doing some covers of me on, on YouTube, you know, as, as we, in our first couple of years. But when the pandemic happened, she's in a corner over here in my studio room in our apartment in Glendale. And I just start playing the piano. And this happened a lot before that video went viral. You know, we're, I'm just playing piano and she sings. So one day I just wanted to record it. And she sings Reflection. Like she could do that show and with her eyes closed, the show at Disneyland. So she sings it so beautifully all the time. And I just caught the perfect moment. And then it evolved into us doing work from home duets, singing covers and things like that, which was really cool. And to be honest, it was is a, a dream for me to like, I guess, quote unquote, work with, you know, my partner and we're kind of building, I don't know, an empire. I, I know that sounds really drastic, but like, you know, building this thing together and people know us together. And anytime I get recognized now, it's like, hey, congrats on your engagement. Even even till now, even though that engagement happened in December 2020, right? Like people are still, they're excited that I'm in love. They're excited that I found somebody and they're excited that Alyssa is doing all these really amazing things on her own, you know? So that was kind of, yeah, that's like the story of how we ended up getting here and, and doing all these singing videos together. So we're, we're so happy to like work with each other and play shows together and things like that. So amazing. I mean, you guys balance each other so well. And 
I love the fact that like when people look at when they see you, they mention, you know, it's not just about you now. It's about you and Alyssa, you know, because you guys are just such a big power couple. And I love seeing, you know, the fact that you guys just support each other so much when there's accomplishments that Alyssa has in her life. Like you uplift her and amplify those accomplishments so much and vice versa. Um, And I just love the balance that you two have together. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for saying that. I mean, you know, it's it's very cool. She she works diversity inclusion at Walt Disney Studios. And so we are all essentially like the, our purpose in the world is the same, even though we have different jobs. You know, we want a more inclusive world. We want a world where Asian Americans and underrepresented communities are being lifted up. And I do that through my art. She does that through her work at Disney and also through art that I hopefully encourage her to do more of, you know, like the YouTube videos we make and all that stuff. We're, we're a good team. Yeah. I know that we're an Asian Hustle Network podcast. We like to talk about creatives and entrepreneurs, but I want to ask this question. What is the secret to a successful relationship? Because (laughs) it sounds amazing. And a lot of us need to hear this. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we recently started a podcast called Sweet or Savory, and it started on the question of is peanut butter sweet or savory? And of course, it's a really funny kind of question, but we, we get into a lot of communication things and in the way we debate in our first year or two, we probably wouldn't be able to have a podcast like this because we would just be fighting. But over the years, it has been really about communication and letting each other know how we feel. And, you know, I had a lot of kind of baggage, I guess, with my previous relationships that we both had to overcome together. But I wasn't ready to hear some things or, you know, things like that. But as long as you're talking out through it and you're willing to be there for the growth in in a specific area, then that will make the relationship successful, at least from my experience with Alyssa. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being so so open and transparent with us. Communication is key, guys. Absolutely. Partner. It really, <laughs> really is. Yeah. Awesome. I want to bring the story back to you for a bit and talk about your first viral hit. I want to hear about like, what was the viral hit? What was the, what was going through your mind as the numbers was increasing like crazy and people, you were becoming more like a household name, right? And it's like, well, like, could you sleep that night? What was going through your emotion? What's going through your mind? And you're like, man, what is next? Like, what can I do to top this one? I want to hear all about that story. Sure, sure. There are a couple of moments. The first one is a video that I did with Kathy Nguyen called Lucky. It was a cover of Jason Mraz, Colby Clay song. And, you know, Colby Clay was really big on MySpace at that time. And obviously Jason Mraz is a huge mainstream artist. So us doing that cover, it made sense. But also there was a certain like musical chemistry that Kathy and I had that led to more collaborations down the line and her being a lifelong friend of mine. But in that video, it's a funny video. I'm playing guitar. I run into the shower door. We're in a bathroom, you know, so there's a lot of comments about us being in a bathroom, you know, things like singers also know that acoustics are the best in the bathroom, you know, all these things that looking back on it, it's like, man, what a perfect formula we did, even though we didn't think about any of that stuff. We just like we tried to film a video on the street that night, but it was getting dark. And we we're like, ah, if it we will just put the video camera right here. And it was a video camera. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a DSLR or, or an iPhone or anything. And we do that. And then we upload it right away because I was just kind of so fast at like editing back then already through on my MacBook or PowerBook or whatever it was. And yeah, seeing the videos views grow on that was the next whole week was really, really cool because I was also watching subscriber count as well. So I don't know exactly 
exactly the numbers. It must have been something like through that video, I had gained like 100,000 subscribers back in the day, I, like something ridiculous where I was just like, man, this is amazing. You know, I was really grateful that that had happened. And I was in a time where I had also, you know, I, I left Berkeley College of Music and I was like, man, I left school. I was there for two semesters and I'm trying to make money as a musician. You know, what am I doing? And so I had so many thoughts in my mind. I'm thinking like, oh, am I like a real artist now? All these things, you know, anyway, I just kept doing my thing. And it wasn't until 2010 when I had a music video with Wong Fu Productions. And uh, it was called When We Say. And it was a really, really fun music video that I did. And it got 250,000 views in one day. And I remember Kev Jumba, you know, big online personality, especially at that time. He texted me. He was like, dude, this is viral. You hit 250,000 views. You know, at that time it was huge. And I was like, whoa, what do I do with this? You know what? What happens? Right. This is crazy. With all that in mind and that context, I then get emails in my inbox about attending showcases for real record labels. So Atlantic, some other ones. I did three showcases right after that video. But during that time, you know, I, I didn't really dress like an artist. You know, I, I didn't have management. So I didn't have anybody telling me what to do with this showcase. I had no guidance. I li we literally, me and my band, we showed up. Thank God they had like some instruments there because we didn't bring everything and we played and I chose the weirdest combination of songs for each of the ones. I was just also, I'm trying to show off that I know how to play the piano. Like, you know, I'm glad it happened that way because I wouldn't be where I'm at now, but it's almost like, man, I really wish that, you know, I had some, some people to almost look up to at least to ask how to deal with that stuff. And unfortunately being, you know, one of the first in my community that's, some of the obstacles that we had to kind of go through. So that was my first taste of like mainstream, traditional kind of industry feel. And I, I actually never went back. Like I, I've never done any kind of label showcases and just continued on my own path, which I have taken a lot of pride in, in, in doing my own thing. And even though all my titos and titas and stuff want to see me on The Voice or American Idol and things like this, I always just shoot them a YouTube video or shoot them my latest music video. And, and I'm like, well, I hope, you know, this is enough because this is also part of my legacy and the brand that I built. Wow. I love that story. I just wanted to like appreciate how just transparent you were with that story, because a lot of the times when we're starting out and, you know, this doesn't only have to apply to musicians and artists, but whenever you're starting out with any hustle, right, you really don't know where to start. And yeah. That was exactly what you were going through. Like you had no guidance, but you just showed up and hoped for the best. And luckily they had, you know, some instruments there, but you know, if it turned out any other way, maybe, you know, you wouldn't really have the same future. Right. And you really had to like dive deep and just go with the flow and just go do it to really know how it's going to turn out. And the fact that you didn't really have any guidance, just like went in for it, showed how much courage that took for you and your band to just, you know, go ahead and do it. That's you so talked cool. about, you talked about how, you know, there were times where you felt in the beginning days, like, man, like, what does this mean? Right. Or like, am I, is this official now? Like, can I consider myself an actual musician, artist? Like, what is this? What's going to happen next? Right. Obviously there are highs and lows, you know, yeah. throughout that journey. And that goes with any entrepreneur business owner, 
creative artist, whatever. I kind of want to know like what was going through your mind at the time, because as a musician, you know, obviously sometimes when you put out YouTube videos or any type of content, there are going to be viral videos. And then there are going to be other videos that don't go viral. Right. And so, you know, for Brian and myself, like we understand how that feels too. Right. We post on AHN every single day. Some stuff goes viral, some stuff doesn't. And yeah. sometimes that like <laughs> we start thinking about like, man, why is this not going viral? You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did you kind of perceive that during that time? And like what was going through your mind at the time of like just the the hustling days and just like trying to get yourself out there and really think about like, what does this mean now? Am I an artist? Is this official? This- um, yeah, just yeah, on top ahead. of that too. And just like, I want to hear about like having no structure at the time because you basically can do whatever you want in your time, right? And yeah. like putting yourself in a very disciplined mode, but then yeah. it always leads to overworking or underworking, right? So yeah. I want to hear about like, how do you, you're basically pioneering a brand new empty space. No, no, it hasn't really been done in our community before. So yeah. like, how do you keep yourself moving? Yeah, so a lot of layers, a lot of things there. First of all, to the whole views Thing, like relying on numbers and likes and things like that. I early on, and I know I, I'm very secure in like my musicianship and my musicality, but I also know that I don't have necessarily that viral type of content. For example, like, you know, I'm good friends with Tori Kelly and she is a singer that's out of this world. If she sings the alphabet, that could go viral. You know, I know for me, it took it took a little something different than that. And, you know, the way I wanted to do that was through like different collaborations. You know, I never felt like I had that solo type viral talent. I wanted to collaborate with people and show the connection I had musical like musical musically with people. And so I knew it was going to be a slow burn from the start. Having Lucky and then maybe when we say, and some other original hits that didn't necessarily go viral, but like were big on my channel, like my top viewed, you know, were were some things that I was proud of. I knew that it wasn't always going to be like that, you know, and it felt like I had to just be consistent in putting something out there, whether it was high quality or not. You know, some of the things that you think like back in the day, I was like, oh, if we do a Justin Bieber song, this is going to this is going to hit. You know what I mean? And then something random like, you know, falling slowly from the musical from the movie once ends up getting a million views instead of the Justin Bieber thing that you did. You know, so it's really about that reminded me to stay true, of course, to to what I do and and what felt felt right musically. And if people can see that I'm enjoying a song, I think in the same way that, you know, Maggie, you, you saw me glistening about talking to Alyssa. People can feel that through your art, I think, you know, and you just kind of let that speak for yourself. But to, you know, to the point of y'all posting on it, things every day and, and things like that, for me, as long as you're doing it, you know, that means, I mean, you saying I have courage, like anyone who posts anything, any every day has a lot of courage as well. And we are just giving ourselves a fighting chance against the algorithms and the beasts that keep us from having to pay for our content to be seen. You know what I mean? So that's what I'll, I'll have to say to that. The, the ups and downs, though, as being a pioneer in the space, I didn't get to reflect on that until I took my hiatus in 2014 when I was just like, man, I've been going nonstop forever and doing cover song after cover song and trying to get people to, you know, watch my videos and, and then 
oh, here's another app, Twitter. What is Twitter? Now I got to now post about where I'm at so people can come meet and greet me and say, what's up? You know, I started doing that. And then it became me showing a lot more of my personality, which I think is 90% of maybe why people know me now is not only because of my music, but it's like, they feel like maybe they connect to me somehow because I haven't come out with music in a long time, at least. So when they come up to me and they give me a hug and they're like, hey, so happy for you. I know that it's more than just about my music. So I know that sharing my personality on top of sharing content every week and doing music and things like that has helped me kind of create a, a really loyal and engaged fan base. So that's all been really positive things to be consistent to be on every platform posting, but also then to be real with yourself when you're doing too much or getting burnt out. And yeah, we all need that kind of break and reminder. I think that creative people are not used to having weekends in the way that like Alyssa does at her corporate job or when she's off the clock, creative people and people, and Alyssa is creative as well. But you know, when it comes to work, work, we feel like we got to be on all the time and tweet all the time and IG story and all this stuff. So it, it gets hard. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that too. I mean, that's something that we don't usually see or we don't usually hear about, right? Cause you, we see you as the most glamorous side. Oh, AJ is killing it, doing all these cool things, creating music. But the truthful side is like when we're alone, it's like, it's a huge uphill battle in some ways. It's like you constantly ask yourself the question, like, what am I doing? Like, is yeah. it worth it? And yeah. waking up and always stay on. And I want to dive deeper into that too, because we have a very, I know we're called the Asian Hustle Network, right? The word hustle is important to us, but we mean it hustle in a good way. And I want to talk about like having like boundaries and balances in your life to kind of keep yourself moving forward. Because at the end of the day, if you stop doing what you do, then it hurts, hurts your fan base, hurts us, it hurts yourself. And it's like, you know, I know you mentioned consistency is key, but consistency without boundaries is just as detrimental to, to your success. Right? Yeah, it is. It is. There's a lot of things that I've just learned also in the, like the latter half of the 2010s. Yeah. Going super hard young as an 18 year old to 25, you know, I was just like saying yes to everything. You know, it really wasn't until the last couple of years that I started saying no to colleges to like, if I, I, I would be down to go week after week, after week, after week, to all the college shows, especially like in freaking April, May coming up, you know, it's a lot of like Filipino cultural nights, you know, Asian American heritage month nights. And I would say yes to all of them because, you know, of course I wanted to get out there. I wanted to meet my fans and, and be a positive inspiration, but also like financially, I'm like, yes, of course I'll say yes to all this stuff because that's how I'm going to make my money when I'm not doing shows. Right. So a big part of that is setting the boundaries energy wise for what to save energy for other things that I can pay attention to. So for like example, you know, this podcast that I started with Alyssa, which is like something I want to grow. And I co-own a clothing company called Kuyate, which is Filipino American clothing company, things like that, where I'm like, this is long-term type stuff that I am now thinking of, you know? So yeah, the never ending hustle, he gets, I get tired thinking about it sometimes. And the other day I had just run into the other day, like a couple of weeks ago, I just run into some social media things that I was kind of in fire for. I had apologized about something that was being tweeted about or whatever and catching fire with a, a community that was like, yo, F you for doing this, blah, 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 blah. Right. And it, I was just like, holy shoot, like this is crazy because if in fact 
these people don't give me grace on this on this issue, then I have to shut my Twitter down. They will start attacking me on another thing, you know, and then I lose all my social media. You know, I started thinking about this downhill thing and I'm like, man, all these years built. And if there's no context or nuance when people are attacking you or for a specific thing, then it could all be gone. And I remember posting on my close friends on IG and I was like, man, I can't wait for the day where I don't have to actually rely on like social media and posting every day for me to make money or for me to make a living because I've put myself out there for the last 16 years and I just want to break. You know what I mean? So I, I go through it all the time. There's seasons where I, I wish I never did this. And then there are times where I'm like, man, I'm so glad I did this because this is giving me the opportunities that I have today, you know? So yeah. And I appreciate, we appreciate you bringing that up too, you know, and, and just being vulnerable on the subject, but it is absolutely true. I think a lot of people tend to look at influencers or people on social media and think that, you know, it's so easy, you yeah. know, because of course someone would say, I would rather do that than sit in the office for eight hours a day. I but always say, careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just as hard or maybe even harder because you know, you you really have such a large community that you're you feel you know slightly responsible for. Yeah, absolutely. And there's just so much at hand, right? And part of you wants to you know make sure that you keep that community happy at all times, right? And you're right, like it could it could all you know go away at any moment. But you know, we all know that you know AJ, you have such a pure heart, you know, and you, you really, really lead by example, both you and Alyssa. And thank you. It's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The being responsible. Yeah. Sometimes it does feel like a burden, but you know what? At the end of the day, I think about, I'm actually, I'm in this book in, in rise Rise, for those listening on, on the audio rise by Jeff Yang, Phil Yu and Philip Wang, which I'm sure y'all have heard of by now, Uh, but it came out yesterday and I just, you know, I'm on the front cover, which is really cool. My, my picture here, you know, there's, there's a cool, there's like 2010s playlist, you know, things like that. I'm featured on, on uh, some certain things and how they mentioned that I I helped, you know, pave the way in an early thing and things like that. And when fans come up to me and share how important my music was to them and, and things like that, and them looking up to me that the responsibility then feels just like it was all meant to happen, right? Like I had to be that for someone, you know, I I think about that even if I, I like will randomly go into like a Jersey Mike's or something. And like, I didn't have to go there. I was like thinking about getting lunch somewhere else, but I was like, I need to get something fast. And then I meet someone who's really passionately like, oh my God, I've been wanting to meet you forever. And I'm like, oh, there was a reason I went into that Jersey Mike's. You know what I mean? So things like that, it becomes it becomes easy when and then I I also can see the fruits of my labor as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, music is like a universal language, you know, and through your music, you're able to, you know, portray this type of message that maybe you didn't even know that you were trying to get across, but it hits someone maybe across the world in a different way. (laughs) And you probably changed their lives, you know, and those are the moments where you're like, this is this is why I do what I do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, we know that you're an actor, a music director, as well as a dancer in local music theater shows, including, you know, Tarzan. I kind of want to know, like, how does your creative process switch up when you're doing musical theater as opposed to when you're, you know, writing songs or singing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the creative processes are, are different in the way that I like study things. You know, I, in musical theater, there's a real discipline for, you know, being right on cue every time, even though there's a live aspect to it. It's like, you know, you got to hit your mark. You got to say your lines, all of these 
things that are very like technical as well. So I'm very honed in when I'm in theater, like when I'm in theater mode, I'm in rehearsal. I'm like, everything has to be a routine opposed to like songwriting, which is like, I'm just doing what I feel, you know, at the time. And there's not really a deadline for it, but musical theater, which is why also I love it is because of that, that discipline. But my mindset though, stays the same. So um, for example, I was in a show at American Repertory Theater, which is all the way out in, in Boston. And I was doing a show with all of these Broadway vets, you know, people who have been on Broadway and like off Broadway and national tours and things like that. And I, I would have conversations with them all the time about like, Hey, why don't you sing on your Instagram? Like, I like your, your voice is so good. Like almost some of them are just they think they can only do that stuff in a show, you know, or at an audition. I'm like, dude, you would kill it if you were posting on YouTube, all these things. So I'm always trying to bring my mindset of like, let's do something now and post it now, post to making it perfect and waiting for the perfect moment, you know, which I love that I grew up with that mindset about not waiting for the call and just like doing it and putting yourself out there. So a lot stays the same, but then uh, yes, when I'm studying and things like that, it's different. Yeah, I just want to talk about a little bit earlier too. And everything you said is just so, so impactful, right? Because, you know, you know, when Maggie and I struggle with Asian Hustle Network, it's crazy thing is that we look up to people like yourself that came before us, right? Look up to you, look up to Phil, look up to a lot of people that did it. So like, I feel like your intangible effects are all there. And we really appreciate that, right? I think had you guys not laid the foundation for, for yourself and for the community, honestly, like I don't think Asian House Network would be around, right? Because it's not just not something we're registering in our head. It's just not something that our Asian parents wants us, wants us to do. <laughs> Go off the unbeaten path and then struggle a lot. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really cool to hear that I was that for some people in our generation. And so I really have to also give credit to, first of all, like, parents who are down with the the art and things like that, you know, but also parents who want the best for their child. So, you know, in their mind, they can't bear to have an artist as a, as a child, but also for the people who came before me. So slow jam groups and R&B groups like Kai and Devotion and Drop in Harmony and these Asian Americans who were in music. And I remember downloading their music off Napster and Kazan, things like that and finding out they're Filipino, I'm like, oh, shoot. And then also then downloading Jeremy Passion's version of My Boo. And I was like, oh, shoot, he's Filipino. And he sings and plays guitar. I do this too. And then discovering David Choi on YouTube, who put out a song called That Girl. And he's just sitting there on his laptop or whatever. It's like a sepia-toned video of him playing a song that he wrote. And my friend showed it to me saying, yo, this guy's Korean. He's like a Korean John Mayer. Like... And I was like, what? This is crazy. This song is amazing. You know what I mean? So I was inspired by those people. And then, yes, laying the foundation was not something I did intentionally, but I'm just, I'm glad it has made the effect that it did. Oh man, that girl. I remember that. It's like 2007 or something. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, 2006, man. Oh, 2006. Yeah. Oh yeah. Woo. Dude, it brings back so much memories. As you like mentioned, more and more, more and more people. It's like that. That's a huge part of our, our, our upbringing, man. You guys are a huge part of that, and yeah. I forever Nostalgia. appreciate that. Yeah, forever appreciate that. Absolutely. So we have one or two, one one or two questions left, right? The first question is like, what's next for you, AJ? Like, what what do you hope to accomplish in the next few years? Because I know that you know you're engaged and you have a lot other priorities in place now it's like what can we expect from you in like the next couple of years yeah well i'm turning 33 next week i don't know when this is getting happy posted. birthday thank you but <laughs> happy my, birthday yeah birthday's march 12th and you know i think about the future a lot as i mentioned earlier so turning 33 is big for me you know it's like 
holy crap, I'm an adult, you know? So I guess what's next is to continue making these like legacy moves, right? Where it's like things that are hopefully will end up bigger than me, like Kuyate, the clothing company, things like that. I can make an impact in, in a different way than I have been. You know, the podcast has been really something that, you know, as I mentioned, I was going through some social media qualms and things like that. I'm like been really putting my energy, honing it into this podcast, you know, and which y'all know, just like talking to, to people and stuff and, and sharing that and listening to podcasts has been such a great pastime in the car and things like that. So that's something I'm really putting my energy in. And I just released also a lo-fi instrumental album called Red Roses and Chill. And I found the artist to my cover art in a similar group of the Asian Creative Network, you know, Asian Hustle Network. I'm sure I would have found them on there too, but it's that community aspect as well. It's it's all the same. We all want to give each other opportunities. And I was so glad that I got to find someone on Facebook to do that. Right. So things like that, I kind of want to do because Producing a lo-fi instrumental album has been something I'm just doing at my desk and I don't, I don't have to go to like different studios or like outsource strings from a friend or whatever to, to do that. So I'm hoping to continue to do stuff that I really, really enjoy. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes when people meet me and they're like, man, when when's your next album coming out? And, you know, things like that. And I'm just like, man, right now I'm just kind of doing what I want to do. Not that I don't want to do music. And to some people, actually, I've been saying that I'm transitioning out of music, to be honest. But I don't mean it in a way where I'm leaving it behind. Like music's always going to be a part of me. It's just like I almost want to wear some other hats as far as like musical theater, acting, you know, been doing so many auditions and in hopes that people would see me as more than a musician and as someone who is doing also many other things that he enjoys. So that's what's next for me. Thank you for sharing that, AJ. Uh, yeah. So I guess the final question we have is, what kind of message do you have to your fans Listen to this podcast right now? <sighs> to my fans, I mean, to fans old and new, you know, but specifically to my, to the old fans who've been rocking with me forever. I, you know, I just wanted to say that I, I appreciate them so much. And, you know, it's because of word of mouth and people at parties saying, Hey, play this guy's music or, Hey, you know, this guy, he, he does music on YouTube and and things like that. It's not because of radio play. It's literally not because of a machine. It's because of people telling their friends about it and sharing on their own social media and pages and in their lives and in their soundtracks and their promposals in their, in, in their regular proposals, which is crazy to be part of those now, you know? And so yeah, it, it's been it's been a journey and everyone's growing with me, which is cool. And I've got I, I just visited Hawaii for for to screen a film, Fabulous Filipino Brothers that Dante Bosco directed and I scored. And I met multiple people on the street who literally were saying the same exact thing where I grew up with you, middle school vibes, high school vibes. You helped me get through a breakup, blah, 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 blah. It's just yeah, it, I love it. So thank you. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I wish I was there to like witness that. (laughs) (laughs) So AJ, where can our listeners find out more about you and Kuyata and Sweet and Savory podcast online? Yeah, absolutely. So Instagram has been my main thing as far as like personal and all of my business aspects of my life. So Instagram.com. Ew, like who's using the website browser? Why did I say Instagram.com? At AJ Raphael. I actually use the browser sometimes for Messenger, guys. I use it too. I use it too. Yeah, yeah. To Messenger. It feels faster. <laughs> At AJ Raphael on, on that platform. On TikTok, 
AJ Raphael Music. And then the Sweet or Savory podcast, you can find that on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, as I'm sure as this podcast is uh, on all of those as well. And yeah, check out Red Roses and Chill. It's on all streaming platforms as well. Just type that up and use it to listen for your homework or for working or for yoga, whatever. Awesome. We will leave all of that in the show notes. But AJ, it was so awesome having you on our show today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Maggie. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for all you do as well for the community. Of course. Thank you, AJ. Really appreciate your story today. Thanks to AJ for sharing his inspirational story with us during Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And thank you for tuning in to our first episode of the Creative Visionary Series presented by Lexus. Tune in on May 14th at midnight for our next episode with Eileen Xu, founder of Lavender, as we discuss how she empowers people to embrace their true potential and create their dream life.